You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hark the sound, it's your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked On Tar Heels. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, and I'm happy to have you rocking with me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at LockedOnHeels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for you today. Obviously, Saturday's game, we had some observations that we talked about on Friday. We're going to see how those went and whether or not we were correct, whether or not there were some things that we didn't even see coming <laughs> we had to talk about. I'm going to talk about our Saturday stars, who did really well during the game, and my Saturday regroup crew. You know, it's not guys that necessarily did a bad job, but maybe we can just have a moment of reflection, things that we can work on. Finally, we've got our eyes out on Virginia Tech. We're going to keep things rolling, keep our win streak going, and how we can beat Virginia Tech going into that. And where is UNC ranked? Let's talk about that and that excitement, right? Like, who knew? Carolina would break into the top 10. Let's talk about that today here. So, I hope you guys had a great weekend. I hope it was beautiful, beautiful weather here in North Carolina. The sun is shining. It's cool enough to where you not have to you can run outside and not feel like you're going to break into a sweat or any of that good stuff. You can just walk briskly and, you know, enjoy the beautiful weather. More importantly, I hope if you traveled to Massachusetts, you enjoyed yourself. If you had like a cutout <laughs> brought over there in Massachusetts, it was there to support those guys. If you watch at a bar or with a friend's house, you know, there's Tar Heels everywhere, you know, right? So hopefully you got to enjoy Carolina take on Boston College. And let me tell you, it was ugly, <laughs> but the UNC Tar Heels were able to pull off a win Saturday against the Boston College Eagles 26-22 thanks in part to Trey Morrison's key pick too. The Tar Heels who hadn't played since their September 12th opener certainly almost blew it (laughs) as they got into their own way which you know we talked about on Friday. It's one of our observations. The Heels won their first road game of the season and fifth in a row dating back to last season under coach Mac Brown. It's the longest win streak that UNC has had since 2015. So some of the observations that we talked about from Friday, I want to go over those and see whether or not we were spot on. So at first we said, you know, you have to contain Hunter Long in the tight end for the Eagles because he led the nation in receptions as a tight end. And we wanted to talk about whether or not the secondary was going to hold up. And man, did they. Now, Hunter had nine receptions for 96 yards, which was the most from any receiver on the day. Scary first quarter as quarterback Phil Jerkovich threw it in the middle and Trey Morrison met Long with a nice welcome (laughs) Carolina defensive hit right Hunter was shaken up on that play had to go into the tent for a bit we were all fingers crossed coach Halfley was very upset at the Tar Heels because he felt like the Carolina team was cheering despite there being a player down on the field and we all know when a player goes down it gets quiet and it's different when there's not a crowd going can't hear noise maybe on the other side of the field but When there's nobody there in the stands, it's a lot easier to pick up on when guys are still getting hype. And of course, you're excited about your teammate making a good play. But after a while, when you see someone's not getting up and you have the athletic training staff out there, probably time to just chill out a bit. And I'm sure, you know, Coach Mac Brown apologized, you know, after the game. But and I'm sure they didn't, you know, intentionally mean to celebrate a player getting hurt. Never that. Way more class than that. But I could see the optics of it. However, Hunter Long, (laughs) 
I am just glad that he was able to bounce back and be okay and continue the game because he still gave us problems throughout the day. Now, number two, we we're talking about Phil Yurkovich. I said, don't let him feel like he's in this game. I said, don't let him feel like this game was within reach. And what did Carolina do? They gave him down to the damn near last play. <laughs> he was second nationally among all quarterbacks with 368 yards passing in the second half. And I wanted the defense just be aware, make him feel uncomfortable all that time. And yet and still, listen, <laughs> I tried to tell y'all he had some wiggle room to beat us. And what did he do? He sure enough marked down that field with minutes left to the game to almost tie it up for the Eagles. Jerkovich finished um, with 37 of his 56 passes for 313 yards and two touchdowns. Coach Halfway had said that he told his team they were going to have to win it in the fourth. And damn it, if they didn't almost do it. <laughs> it came down to one play. And we all know when it comes down to one play for Carolina, as we saw Chaz Surratt with that Duke game. And now Trey Morrison having a pick two. It was, you know, edge of our seats, giving us heart attacks. But that's Carolina football for you in a nutshell, right? Third, I said, will UNC shake off the practice rest and be able and be ready to play? You tell me. I don't think there was any shaking rust off of that. They, hell no. <laughs> they didn't shake off a damn bit of rust, but I am learning to give grace this season, so I'm not too upset about it. However, I do think Carolina just got in its own way, which was my number fourth observation. Can UNC get out of its own way? Three turnovers and nine penalties from the Syracuse game. Carolina had nine penalties, <laughs> same as the last game a missed field goal, and a mental error on kickoff return that led to Boston College's first touchdown. It's got in its own way time and time again. For whatever reason, they weren't able to stop giving up third and longs. They struggled to consistently get the ball rolling on offense, and they couldn't get rolling. Sam Howell completed 14 of 26 passes for 225 yards and two touchdowns. He was constantly bailed out, in my opinion, by Javante Williams and Michael Carter. It seemed like Howell just really couldn't find his rhythm and he was getting flustered, you know, by a good defense. And even though, like, Boston College necessarily isn't, you know, the greatest defense on turf, I still think that they gave him a run for his money. Finally, was UNC able to get out early and maintain its lead? They did get out early. <laughs> they did have an opening drive, you know, where they scored. And, okay, great. They opened the game with a touchdown. But, boy, in the second quarter, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot. I kept hoping halftime would get there, but it never seemed to do that. Boston College scoring two touchdowns in the second quarter, able to just, you know, gnaw its way back. And time and time again, I just said to myself, this is Carolina of old. We get out first. We, you know, dominate. We have these guys given three and outs, and we're ready to go. We're charged up. And then for whatever reason, when that whistle blows at the end of the thirst, first, it's always the energy just depletes. And so I'm really trying to figure out – if we need, you know, we all get excited about the fourth quarter, we throw up our fours. Maybe it's time Carolina throws up some twos. <laughs> Maybe it's time we get hyped for the second quarter and we really recharge and get that energy. Coaches, I mean, I'm speaking to you. <laughs> Maybe we need to get these guys going for the, in, the ability to get excited for second quarter because that's clearly where we're struggling most. But maybe it's also because they haven't had their built bar. And I think second quarter built bar, you know, a little bite here or there might rejuvenate the Tar Heels. And, you know, built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. With 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate, built bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me, you'll enjoy built, built bar because it's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. I've told you guys so many times that I am working on this keto diet because I have this wedding to go to in five days. I'm getting ready. I'm doing my workouts, but this built bar has helped 
make me not crave, you know, not be still hungry after I'm eating something. So I need y'all to just get on this board with me as we try and get ready for this wedding for and get get me going, get me flowing. Go to billbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. Make sure you download and subscribe to Locked on Tar Heels podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave five stars. Let me know just how much you enjoy listening to Tar Heel talk every single day for up to 30 minutes. You get to hear my voice. If you want to comment on Twitter, follow at Locked on Heels, or you can follow me personally at Candace Cooper. I really enjoyed game day live tweeting with you guys talking about the game and making sure we were all on the same page when it came to just rooting for our heels, talking about the struggles that we were dealing with, but we got through it together. So I'm going to need us to continue that as we get rolling into this week against Virginia Tech. I did drop my playlist for Saturday's game on Apple Music. And if you type in Locked on Heels, you can find it. I'll be making one for Spotify as well. So let's talk about our Saturday stars. I want to give, you know, highlights to guys. And, you know, I don't know if you guys follow hockey, but Carolina Hurricanes, I used to work for them. And they give stars, right? Three stars, two stars, one star. And who's did the best X, Y, Z. So I want to give stars to guys who I think did a great, excellent job for the day. And my first star, we're going to go offense first and then defense. Because, you know, we got to give both sides some love. So Michael Carter. I would give him my first star because he has 16 carries, 121 yards, and he has some key explosive plays that got the Carolina momentum back into good place, right? There were times when I just felt like Sam Howell was getting flustered and frustrated and the three and outs and then having to turn the ball over and just seemed like Sam wasn't in rhythm like he normally is. But thanks be to God for a guy like Michael Carter who can break it open and, you know, have some solid runs to get whenever we would lose yards and get penalties and be back 20, it would be second and 20, Michael would bring us back to being uh, first down, right? He would gain all those yards back and we would just keep it rolling. So that's the kind of running back you definitely want on your squad. Also, Javante Williams, 11 carries for 57 yards and one touchdown. Hashtag feed Javante, which is what I say every single game. It just seems like this guy is always on a mission. He runs like a guy on a mission, and I can appreciate that. And he especially, again, bailed out to me, Sam Howell. But Sam, you know, I'll give credit to Sam in his um, running game. I think he had a great <laughs> – he was on his legs more often than I have seen, and he was doing a great job. And we're still working on that sliding thing that he <laughs> struggles with. But overall, I think it was good for Carter Williams and Howell, like we talked about. And the run game was solid. Now, my other star and, you know, sleeper, I would say, would be Garrett Walston. You can't run Michael Carter. You can't run Javante Williams if you don't have somebody blocking for you. If you don't have somebody be able to pick up those blocks and, you know, and get those guys out of your way. And so Garrett Walston, clearly for me, was the unsung hero of that offense. He got the guys going. He made some great catches, you know, in his own right. But more importantly, he made room for our two running backs. Finally, on the defensive side, let's talk about Trey Morrison. Obviously, with the key pick two at the end of the game, he had some big hits uh, throughout the game. I think that he was able to do a great job in the secondary. We've always talked about Carolina's struggle in the secondary, and yet Trey got it done for us and in a key moment, which is what Carolina, like normally last year, those are the kind of games that we would lose, right? We would come up close and we would be right there, but Thanks be to God, we were on we were on the other side of that. And I think that's just speaking to where Carolina is shifting. Chaz Surratt, big hits, led in tackles with eight. 
Tamari Fox, who had four tackles, big tackle for loss late in the second half to stutter Boston College's progress. So I think those guys are my Saturday stars because they were able to just really keep Carolina in the game or, you know, shift the shift gears for Carolina. They were able to, you know, say, hey, I see that we're down or I see that we need a big play and I'm ready to step up and do that. And all six of these guys, I would argue, did that for the Tar Heels. Now, my Saturday regroup crew, and, you know, I've dubbed this as crew that did a great job, but I would want to see more from. Like, I think I'm like, okay, I see the potential. It's like dating a guy. You see the potential there, but you just need another another layer, another gear you want to switch to. So I would give that to Sam Howell, who was 14 for 26, again, 225 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. And like I mentioned, I just think Sam's rhythm was off. Something about just getting in the flow and you could see the conversations he was having on the sidelines with Coach Longo. And I just think there was something off. I can't, you know, put my finger on it and let me know what you think it is. But it was just, it was different from what I'm used to seeing. I think, we you know, we've given so much praise to Sam's leadership and how great he's done, you know, as a freshman. And I still want to see that as we continue to his sophomore camp through his sophomore campaign. Daz Newsom only had one reception for six yards. And now, to me, Sam, you have all these damn weapons. And unless Boston College's secondary was just out of this world, I'm like, okay, Deami, he had his moments, right? You know, uh, we gave it to Michael Carter, Javante Williams from time and time again. But man, Daz Newsom, razzle-dazzle. That's not, that's not, that's our guy. And then he one reception on the day, that's, that's not going to get it done for the Tar Heels. They're going to certainly have to feed him more. Bo Corrales as well, two receptions for 35 yards. And for me, Bo Corrales is my Greg Olson of the team. He's my Mr. Guarantee. We're going to get that third and third and seven. <laughs> I'm going to pitch it to Bo and have him go um, one-on-one with anybody's secondary. And having only two receptions to me was just not what I'm used to. And I know that Carolina has a lot of of receivers now, a deep receiving core, but sometimes you just got to go with the old reliable. And I would hope that we can, you know, next game, Virginia Tech, I got to go with my one too. So there's that. Now on defense, Don Chapman has some key penalties that I think some mental errors there. Tyrone Hopper, who had a great game, but I just, I need more. I think he, he's right there on the cusp, but I'm just like, okay, let's go to the next level. And then Jeremiah Gimmel, six six tackles, zero sacks, and zero tackles for loss. And I had talked about all week how Coach Bateman was hyping him up, saying he was the QB of the defense. And, you know, I just didn't see what I was expecting to see. I guess I would say that, right? I was expecting a huge game from him, and hopefully we'll see that come Virginia Tech. I feel like Boston College was maybe a sleeper for everybody. Like, they assumed, oh, it's Boston College. Like, we'll just, you know, do what we can, but we're not used to playing them, and that's not one of our, you know, rivals that we want to overcome. There's not as much emotion involved as there is for, say, an NC State or Virginia Tech or Virginia. However, it was still a great game. Right. It was still a game that they had to come out and do their thing time and time again, because Lord knows it was tough in those trenches and it came down to the absolute wire. So my Saturday stars, my Saturday regroup crew, all in all, I'm pretty happy with Virginia Tech. Help me out, father. I'm pretty happy with Carolina's performance. And I think that we got through. We got a W. We don't have to sit here and talk about, oh, we're almost there. or Oh, we, you know, we should be better because we're talented. We got the win. I'll take 2-0, and oh, and that's what that is. So we got to get our eyes on Virginia Tech. We got to talk about where the Carolina Tar Heels are when it comes to AP poll rankings next on Locked on Tar Heels. Shameless plug here, but if you're looking to hear more about college football and just the whole grand scheme of it, you've got to check out, check out Locked on College Football. I host the Monday show, and I talk to our insiders from all across 
the college sports world. So I had BYU up there. I was talking to Texas A&M and then more importantly, I was talking to Auburn and their, their game on Saturday against Georgia. I get to talk with everyone around the country about their respective teams. So if you have this ACC love and Tar Heels, that's great. But if you want to expand your horizons to hear more about college football as a whole, check out Locked on College Football. Every single day, there's different hosts. More importantly, you get different perspectives and greater hot takes. And so that's all that good stuff. So download, subscribe there too. Leave five stars and follow on Twitter at Candace D. Cooper. Let me know what you think about the Locked on College Football show. So that's that on that. But final thoughts of the day and stats and I are we got to keep our eyes on Virginia Tech as we head into the game. North Carolina has improved to six and two versus Boston College. Four and no record in the ACC. But we are done with Boston College and we think, okay, put them in a bow. Matt and I play them again. After having two weeks off, you know, with the cancellation of the Charlotte game, we're now returning home to Virginia Tech, the first of six straight games for the Tar Heels until Thanksgiving. So we had our vacation. (laughs) We picked up a win against Boston College. Now, this, to me, the Virginia Tech game will be very telling about the progress of Carolina. As we know, last year when we had those 111 overtimes and trying to ensure that Carolina got that W. I just feel like, Lord help us, please. I I think this for me is the game. (laughs) This will tell me whether or not we've made strides, whether it's a great game and we lose, fine. But I think last year was a great game and we lost. So I think we need this W. And we're going to talk about Mac Brown's thoughts on it as he gives his press conference throughout the week. We're going to talk to Coach Bateman and Coach Longo and see where they're at, especially considering – Coach Fuentes and the Virginia Tech Hokies are struggling. We all know that they've had some issues with their positive tests with COVID and whether or not they can have a full squad. So we're still keeping our you know thoughts and radar on whether or not we're going to be able to play a game because we it could be anything. And I would hate for Carolina to go into yet another week where they assume they're going to play and then everything gets canceled. We already have to make up a game against Western Carolina, which I'm assuming – which actually I know the Virginia Tech game, should that be canceled, have to be replaced um, with that West Carolina game, Western Carolina game. So I just hope <laughs> we get a game. I hope the Carolina comes out with a, with a demanding win, a uh, win that can assure that sitting here at the new AP poll ranking is deserved, and we're just going to go from there. Now, where is Carolina ranked in the top 25 AP poll? Surprise the hell out of me. I don't know about you. I don't even know if you had a chance to look at it, but let's roll through it. <laughs> number one, Clemson. Number two, Bama, Alabama. Number three, Georgia. Number four, Florida. Number five, Notre Dame. Number six, Ohio State. Number seven, Miami. Number eight, UNC. Number nine, Penn State. Number 10, Oklahoma State. And you can read the rest, the rest of the top 25 if you just go on ESPN. But let's talk about here. Because, okay, Clemson, who has dominated every single team they play, right? Talk about Alabama, who had quite the game on Saturday against Texas A&M. Blew them out of the water. Georgia had a commanding win against Auburn. <laughs> Florida, who has dominated their you know, recent teams. And they have that guy, what's his name? His name is Kyle Pitts, I believe, who is should automatically opt out right now and go ahead and sign up for the NFL. He would be a first-rounder for sure. Notre Dame, 
who has had some interesting, you know, things going on with the having to postpone the Wake Forest game and trying to play, but still clearly in the top five, Ohio State, who has not had a season yet. Miami, who Derek King has made a staple for himself, stamped his ACC approval and has been out here dominating, put a hamper on Florida State. Then you've got Carolina, who struggled against the Syracuse and struggled against the Boston College Eagles and yet sits at number eight. Now, I'm not, no tea, no shade. Like, I love my team, right? Like, I'm not going to sit here and bash them. But when you look at the top seven and then you look at us, is it politics is it because Pac-12 and Big Ten aren't really in? They haven't played yet. Do you see Carolina even staying in the top 15 when this is all said and done? Like, let's just have an honest conversation about it. I mean, we're in conversations with Ohio State, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson. Like, okay, all right. I don't like Notre Dame, so I'm not giving them a whole lot of love because I think they try to be fake ACC and I don't play that. But Carolina sitting is it politics because everyone loves Mac Brown and we think they on paper they have the talent or is Carolina really that good right I to you tell y'all tell me because I, I maybe I'm just I, I hate when we're ranked you already know how I feel when we get to be ranked we start to feel ourselves a little too much we get the, the Jordan brand starts looking too good on us and we start to let that go to our head so I love an underdog UNC so hopefully they'll keep it keep it rolling I'm gonna keep keep that grace going and keep my positive vibes but I don't know. Now, the ACC has four teams in the top 25, which hopefully will continue to be the case when it comes to picking the college football playoffs in New York and the New Year's pick six. Will Carolina be playing in one of these big games? And I would hate, like right now on paper, if you told me we were playing a pick six game and let's say you had to play a Florida or Ohio State or a Miami or a Texas even, I don't know. I don't know that I would, you know, I don't know. I feel confident. So maybe, maybe I'm just not a believer. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a hater, whatever, but it's been a while since Carolina was two and no, but hell, I'll take it. This is the longest win streak. If you include wins since the military bowl since 2015. And you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be like, okay, is, is this where we're at? Cause that's not the Carolina team I saw on Saturday <laughs> against Boston college. So I just, you know, you let me know if I'm just need to come back to earth or what have you, but I'm just I'm not necessarily sold on a number eight UNC Tar Heel football team. So that's that's my opinion on that. That's all I have for you today. You let me know at Candace D. Cooper or at Locked on Heels if I'm just being a negative Nancy or if I can sit here and truly be excited about the heels and I'm convinced that we can be in the national conversation. Let me know. So there's that. I hope you have a great Monday, y'all, as we gear up for this week. Again, we're going to talk with Mac Brown, his breakdown, his press conference Mac Mondays Tuesday we're going to talk about Phil Longo's uh, and Coach Bateman we're going to head that into Wednesday and then we're going to most importantly get some interviews up here talk to a couple of people who are in the Carolina circle a lot more Tar Heel talk as we celebrate these heels and lastly got to talk about Virginia Tech <laughs> what are we going to do as we prepare for a home matchup with fans. And maybe that'll be all the difference that Carolina needs because now they've gone into two games without a crowd. So maybe that energy will shift things for them. Let's talk about that all week. I hope you guys be smart out there. Stay safe, wear those masks, and more importantly, have a great day. As always, go Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.